Bits and Bricks. Welcome to Bits and Bricks, a podcast about all things Lego games. I'm Ethan Vincent. And I'm Brian Crescenti. Together, we look back at the rich 25-year history of Lego games, chat with early developers and seasoned studios who have all tackled the creation of video games for one of the most popular and respected toy companies in the world, the Lego Group. Brian. Yeah. Today we're going to be talking about some exciting news to hit the world of Lego bricks recently. It's Sega's iconic blue blur, Sonic the Hedgehog, and he is getting his very own Lego theme set. Yeah, I couldn't be more excited. This actually isn't the first time the diminutive speedster is getting a minifigure of his own, though. He showed up as an expansion pack with Lego Dimensions, but this time around, it's not just going to be him. That's partially tied to the way this all came about. A 24-year-old superfan named Viv Grinnell submitted a Sonic theme set to LEGO Ideas, and once her project got 10,000 votes from fans, the LEGO group assessed whether it would make a good set, and after consulting with Sega, of course, decided it would. So they've greenlit it for official production and release. Yeah, uh, one of the things I really love about this set that Viv made is that it's not really based on the original Sonic the Hedgehog. Instead, it's based on the 2017 Sonic Mania game. The cool thing about that game is that its development was actually led by this guy named Christian Taxman Whitehead, uh, who is a developer who got his start creating a bunch of Sonic the Hedgehog fan games. Uh, So his work, which was uh, so well received uh, by not just Sega, but a bunch of fans of Sonic the Hedgehog, Uh, ended up leading to him getting a job from Sega (laughs) who hired him to make these sort of smartphone ports. And eventually, they brought him on to lead development on Sonic Mania, which was meant to be uh, this sort of, uh, I guess you could call it sort of a combination of a a look at the classic Sonic and sort of updating him. Um, So Sonic Mania, when it came out 2017, went on to become the highest rated Sonic game in the past 15 years. Wow. Okay, so... This is kind of meta, right? There's yeah, a Lego brick fan creation based on a Sega game fan creation. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, that's exactly right. And, and while the Sonic Mania Green Hill Zone mm-hmm. fan set that uh, that was made for Lego Ideas isn't a Lego video game, it's so much up our alley here at Bits and Bricks, we decided to do an episode about it. And we were lucky enough to interview folks from the Lego group, from Sega, and even the fan creator, Viv Grinnell. Yes. And so we're going to dive straight into this first section, uh, looking at the Lego Ideas creation process, and who better to talk to than Samuel Thomas Liltorp Johnson, Samuel Johnson, who is the design manager on the Lego Ideas line. But I also have to add here, Brian, in addition to reviewing LEGO fan creations, Sam is an incredible designer with the LEGO group who has helped design several LEGO themes from LEGO City to LEGO Ninjago, LEGO Harry Potter, and LEGO Jurassic World. I mean, just an immense amount of sets he's been a part of and helped design. So let's go ahead and dive into our first conversation here with Sam. (music) 
So when you first saw uh, Viv's ideas build, what was it that you thought? Was there any any initial thoughts you had when you first saw her build for the Sonic set? Yeah, yeah. So that one has been really exciting for me. It's, uh, you know, the first video game, like the first video games console that I had was the Sega Mega Drive, which is called in uh, in the UK, or the Sega Genesis in the US. Um, yeah, the, I had the Sega Mega Drive, which my dad bought for me, and the first game I had was Sonic the Hedgehog. So immediately, that kind of childhood connection kicks in, right? And you have all these nostalgic feelings of, oh, I really hope this goes through, and I really want to be a part of it if it does. And uh, then I had this dread of, well, how are we going to make Sonic? How are we going to make Sonic the Hedgehog? And because we had the uh, Lego Dimensions that came out some years ago now, and that's also finished and gone. And I was just, you know, wondering, does the Lego Sonic still exist? Can we still bring him to life? So that was a, you know, kind of scary feeling that I had of like, well, if we say that we can do it, then we need to have Sonic, you know, you can't do the set without him. Right, absolutely. Uh, was there anything in particular about her build that stood out? Yeah, I, I really like how it's kind of charming, the build. It's not very, um, you know, complex in its uh, in its build, the same way that we sometimes get, uh, you know, the medieval blacksmith that just came out, where it's this really elaborate build to create a house. It's really simplistic. And it's so much in the, the vein of the actual video game itself, where it has this kind of colorful charm to it. And it's not overcomplicated, which I really love. Um, you know, Sonic has this real geometric design to it where, you know, the landscape is very stripy and, you know, you have these like square patterns on it. And it was really like visually it was all there and which I was really happy about bright colors and uh, just really fun to look at. So, Sam, in in looking at this set and seeing this fan creation, um, what would you say was there in particular about this creation that really won the team over? I think uh, something that was really uh winning for us was uh, the way that Viv presented it. You know, it was uh, really kind of uh, naive in its way of, of being presented with uh, having, uh, you know, hand-drawn details on where some people try really hard to replicate the exactness of uh, maybe a Star Wars spaceship or something like that. But she's really gone into this uh, level of, I really want to get my ideas out on the page. And you can just really see her like, thoughts from her brain splashing onto the, the page where it's really fast and it's really, uh, you know, but it, it looks exactly like how you, how you would want Sonic to look, you know, it's, it's uh, simplistic and colorful. Uh, but the team was really just excited about, you know, it's a really cool uh, gaming IP that Lego Dimensions had uh, back in the day and never really took advantage of how cool it really is. So we're really hoping that by taking it on, we can really give, you know, something that everyone has really been wanting for a really long time. Well, I think personally, I think it's so cool that this is a set that's not just based on Sonic, but specifically uh, on Sonic Mania, which in and of itself was a fan sort of creation. Uh, was that something that you liked or in terms of which Sonic she chose to go with? Was that, were you happy with that decision? Yeah, so, so her, her choice of Sonic Mania really is, uh, you know, a bit of everything from the whole Sonic world, that game. You know, it has, a, it has the fan background to it where, you know, the fans have been helping to create the game and, uh, you know, just have hands in, in nearly every aspect of it. 
but then it also harkens back to the origin of Sonic, you know, where it came from and what what everyone has grown up with or experienced over their life. You know, maybe you didn't start off with the original Sonic, maybe you came in as uh, it became more 3D and it has a bit of everything in it, this game. So I really uh, think that it was a great choice for her to go with that. And uh, yeah, it really speaks to the anniversary, the huge 30th anniversary that Sonic has coming up very soon. Right. Yeah. No. Obviously, that's uh, great timing. So you, uh, you once you you all have looked at a, a project that has received ten thousand votes, and then you accept it. What is sort of the next step? How, what is the process of taking this idea creation and turning it into an official Lego Group release? So, what my role is once we get the kind of go ahead. Uh, so we've made the arguments of what which project we should do. And then uh, we have a, a team that's making the decision of it's going to be that one. So we say we're going to do Sonic Mania, and that's the one we're going to go ahead with. And so then one of the big things is contacting the people who own that IP. So um, in this case, it's Sega. And we've been in dialogue with, uh, with Sega in the UK, who, who are working directly with Sonic the Hedgehog. And uh, we're having a lot of uh, discussions about, you know, what are Sega's plans and what are Lego ideas plans for the project and how can we align and to create a product that is uh, what they want, but also what the fans themselves who voted for this, what they're asking for. And so we have, uh, we have eventually to make some uh, decisions on the the look, the content and uh, you know, and how we go about marketing the product and, how it's released to the world. Yeah, and then um, my job as a design manager is to allocate the uh, the design team to it, uh, to that project. So whichever project it is, we're always looking for the most passionate people or, you know, also the most available people to us because we actually borrow a lot of our designers from other teams because they really show passion in these one-off projects. So we're looking for the right people to do it and... Uh, I was able to get a graphic designer, her name's Lauren, to uh, work with me on the project. She's a real big fan of Sega and Sonic as well. And uh, I was uh, also a little bit selfish where I said, I'm going to do this set. So, so I was able to be the designer on the set as well as, uh, as leading the team as well. So I put myself back into the pool of designers, if you like. That's great. So you, you obviously look at this creation. You look, look at, you know, what the fans want here and, and what Sega's interested in. Uh, what do you do in terms of design? I mean, do, do you try to stick to that original fan design or do you tend to expand upon it or, or even, like, remove elements uh, when you're converting it over to, to the official? Yeah, so we're, we're ultimately trying to respect what the fans created and also the other 10,000 fans that voted what they actually voted for. So I, I really want us to be able to deliver uh, what people have asked for. So um, what our discussion with uh, IP partner, for example, Sega, as we're talking about now, um, they our discussion with them would be, we really want to keep the, the essence of this, you know, the charm that Viv put into this design. Um, but we also want to offer something special that maybe people aren't expecting or, or maybe something that links to a world event that's coming up. Yeah, um, it, it's great to see uh, these sort of relationships building between 
the Lego group and different game uh, studios. Uh, obviously, we saw that with Nintendo. And so one can't help but wonder, is this just the first the first creation? Um, I Personally, I would love to see something like a Lego brick-created Game Gear or Dreamcast. Is it, do you think something like that could ever be in the works? I think for Lego ideas, we always hope that that one-off idea may be the spark that ignites something maybe much bigger. You know, so if you think about when Lego Ideas was quite early on, we took on the Ghostbusters uh, IP. And Ghostbusters, there was not really a lot going on for that IP at that time. You know, so uh, it was very kind of risky for the Lego group to take on the IP and with no movie attached, no anniversary or anything. And now you look at what happened to that IP after that, you know, Lego Dimensions and Lego Ideas and then uh, further Lego Ghostbusters products. You know, it really expanded into something huge for Lego. And then I can't talk about that without mentioning Lego Minecraft, which came from Lego Kusu, which evolved into Lego Ideas. And you think about this one tiny box that we made for, I think it was $24.99 or $34.99, it was really quite a small box that has now spawned in this entire product assortment. It's really like fantastic that we can open up the eyes of the Lego group and see like, oh, look at these cool opportunities that uh, are out there. So we always hope that by taking this leap of faith into right now Sega, that maybe this is just the start of something massive. I hope that for every product that we make. Yeah, I, I'm sure that there are a lot of people who would love that. Um, mm -hmm. It's interesting you bring up Ghostbusters, um, and it makes us think about this idea that, you know, these IP, some of these IPs that you just talked about tend to do really well on Lego ideas. Do you feel that IP-related builds have a better chance at winning uh, winning over approval and, and fans uh, when they go through the ideas project? Oh, that's a tough question because I know from... Yeah, you know, it's just a fact that every every IP has its fandom, right? So whether it's a vehicle IP, say Ferrari, or it could be a, a movie IP like the Avengers, it could be, you know, down to furniture or something like that. There's an IP for everything, yeah. right? Um, so so when you tap into that icon that everyone knows or a huge group of people knows, of course, then maybe you have people who really love that because of that IP, which is why we choose a lot of brand new IPs in Lego Ideas, because we feel like maybe it brings new people that we've never seen have an opportunity to own a Lego set. Uh, now they have something for them as well. Um, so, of course, it has a great chance uh, because there is this following out there that may come to the Lego Ideas platform. But then when you think about original ideas that someone has just come in come up with in their head and, and sketched out and made a, a cool model out of, uh, I would say that they have an equal chance because, you know, there's just some great ideas out there like the Treehouse, which launched in uh, 2019. Uh, you know, it's a really awesome Lego model and really been selling great and really reached a lot of people, not because we put an IP spin on it, but because it just meant something for people. You know, it has that uh, dream of you know, the dream tree house that everyone wanted when they were a kid, but their dad never built it in the garden for them or something like that. And and so we have um, 
a very strict process of uh, the Lego review, the Lego ideas review gate that, you know, iron things out and make it equal for every everyone that reaches 10,000 votes. So we're looking at lots of different criteria. Um, but then when you think about just on the platform itself, that there's many ideas that we have never, never even thought of ourselves, like a, a musical piano. We've never even thought about doing that as a Lego set, but 10,000 people showed us the way to do it. And that was really cool um, that people see, oh, I really like music. And this really shows me something special with Lego. So if you, if you have an original idea, and it has that kind of special spark to it. I would say it has as good a chance as, as anyone. Do you uh, do you have a favorite among the ideas sets that you've either worked on or you've seen released? Yeah, I mean, I don't want to feel, I don't want to be biased to any of them because I really think Lego Ideas has such a strong uh, product assortment. It's just all kinds of crazy things. Uh, I'm super proud of the Lego Voltron that we launched yeah. back in, I think it was 17, 2017, um, where it is before I was working permanently on the Lego Ideas team, where I was working for a team called Lego Nexo Night yeah. back in the day, if you can imagine 2014 or <laughs> when when that came out, I think it was 2016, Nexo Nights was launched. Um, and uh, the design lead on Lego Ideas at the time Tara White, actually, which I believe you've uh, interviewed her before. Um, she works on the minifigures team. She uh, was walking around my area and talking to the people who like to make Lego robots as their hobby. And uh, she was showing them a picture of this Lego Voltron model that was made by a guy called Lendy. And uh, asking, like, what do you think? Do you think we could do it? And everyone's like, no, nah, I don't think so. I mean, look how big it is. <laughs> You know, it's never going to stand. It's never going to be stable. And then, hey, it has this huge transformation where it has to split into five lions. And uh, I was sitting there listening to this conversation. And I literally just went to her and I took the piece of paper out of her hand and said, give me that. I'll give you a Lego Voltron. <laughs> and so I made myself the designer on it right there. And then I said, I will give this to you. And uh I couldn't do it. I was not good enough for it. <laughs> I, I really tried. I really tried my best, and I took it to like a forum where we talked about would it be possible with all this weight and this structure and everything. And I showed them how I imagined it working, and I had a, a kind of working prototype, if you like, but it just wasn't there. You know, it wasn't stable. Mm. And uh, then I had this guy who uh, was relatively new to the company. His name's Neek. Uh, he was hanging around my desk like, are you going to, is this a real product? You know, is this going to be a real thing? And we were trying to keep it secret from everyone, but you can't really hide a 40 centimeter robot that sat on your desk. You know, yeah. it's like, you can't really hide that. So I, I ended up just saying to him, yeah, you know, I'm, I can't do it. I'm really struggling. And he uh, said to me, do you mind if I try? And so we, so we got together and we tried to have some different ideas. So we had it in all different sizes and, and proportions to try and realize it, to make it for real. And uh, then I went on summer holiday with my kids. And when I came back, Nick had nailed it. You know, he'd really done a great job mm. and he got it to work and got it to be stable. And then it ended up on the shelf. So really proud that we managed to do that. Wow, that's awesome. And I think uh, another one that I'm really happy about is uh, Lego Doctor Who. 
which is from oh, yeah. 2015. I think it's quite a while oh, ago now. Yeah. That's the first Lego idea set that I designed. I was looking on Twitter at the time, uh, which is like old days of Twitter now, but, and I saw someone posting about that Lego idea submission before it had reached the 10,000, saying, how cool would this be? And he tagged all these actors who had played the Doctor in Doctor Who. Wow. And one of them actually responded to him saying, that would be awesome, but only if Sam Johnson gets to be the Lego designer on it. <laughs> nice. And you're like, that's, that's crazy, right? So I screenshotted that statement and I sent it to the Lego Ideas team. <laughs> and I said, hey, guys, you know, even the doctor wants me to be the designer on Doctor Who. How can you say no to this? That's great. And, uh, you know, they had other people for, approach them, say, I want to be the designer. I'm a big fan. And I'd send them, the doctor wants me to do this. And uh, so, so I got I got the gig to design the product. Worked with BBC on how to design it, and then it was later that actually revealed to them when we were writing the story for the build instruction was that actually this actor who played Doctor the, the Doctor in Doctor Who, uh, his name's Paul McGann, who played the Eighth Doctor. All right, uh, he's actually he's actually my uncle. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> so so you play you played everybody. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Total insider card. That's a good one. <laughs> that's great. That's awesome. <laughs> I think I just got a really good insight into the process. And I'm not talking about this really fun nepotistic moment, but I'm talking more about like <laughs> this idea of um, how intricate and complicated and interesting it is to, first of all, have designs come in that maybe stump you, mm -hmm. right? Where you go, huh, this is amazing. How did they do this? And yeah. immediately, I guess, there's an impulse to dismiss, right? And say, mm -hmm. this is never going to work. Structurally, it doesn't work. It's not really within the Lego DNA, all this stuff. Yeah. But it is interesting once the designers then go through that process and break it down and kind of maybe, for lack of a better analogy in music, like transpose it into like proper Lego DNA, uh, then it starts working and coming to life. I find that so fascinating, Sam. Yeah, uh, I think, uh, you know, it's not just uh, only Lego ideas where this happens, you know. I imagine that all those uh, designers working in Star Wars, every time they see one of the new movies, they're like, oh, no, look at that spaceship, <laughs> you know, <Yeah. laughs> because, you know, it, it could be, uh, you know, real crazy shape or something like that. But Lego ideas, the platform, it gives people the the right to go and make whatever they want. And if they can make it work in their own home, then they can submit it. So then it's my job to to realize it in the real world, you know, and working on the International Space Station, which we launched uh, early last year. And um, we realized very quickly that the International Space Station is not made to be built in Earth's gravity. So it was very difficult to make right. that structure, even though the model is a miniature, to make that structure where it's very heavy weight, uh, very huge solar panels on each end to make that work in Earth's gravity. So that was actually a huge challenge for us to stop it from snapping in half and all this kind of thing. Wow. And so there's just, the Lego group has very strict ability guidelines and quality guidelines. And we really want to meet those every time. So, so we really try our best to do our diligence in uh, making great techniques for building, making it fun for everyone to build and also in Lego Ideas, we're just daring to make something that's a bit more off the wall and a bit different and really not just uh, not just another model, but like a whole experience. You know, it's uh, it should be a 
experience from the minute that you purchase the set or even pick up the set on the shelf to opening it, to building it, to enjoying the build, to enjoying it on display in your house. And then maybe even smashing it again at the end. <laughs> That's awesome. I wanted to ask a little bit about the um, creation process. Um, I know that there was an early concept called Lego Factory as well, which relied on LDD and, you know, individuals really, I guess, maybe diehard kind of Lego fans to create their creations digitally and then submit those and Lego Factory would would do that. Um, do you find that uh, many of those participating in Lego Ideas are that uh, digitally literate and uh, submit it in that form? Or how do you normally get your submissions and, and um, how does that work maybe with the digital front? Yeah, it's, it's uh, actually surprisingly a lot of the, uh, the fans on uh, Lego Ideas are um, quite versed in using uh, Lego Digital Designer yeah. or perhaps a studio from BrickLink or maybe some other uh, software that they, uh, that they have at hand. Um, so a lot of the submissions we're receiving, maybe the 3D design that goes with it, the files for that, uh, which we're able to, which really gives us a good uh, kickstart on starting the design and, and really making those shapes that the, the designer has has originally had in their head whilst they're sitting at home building with their own bricks or on the computer. Um, but then we often get a submission like the treehouse, which I mentioned before, where all we had was around 10 photographs yeah. from Kevin because he, uh, you know, there wasn't his hobby wasn't building digitally. He just likes to have the hands-on experience of holding Lego bricks in his hand. And <laughs> uh, yeah. so, so you get, you you know Lego Ideas it opens up for all different kinds of people with all different levels of experience in perhaps design or presentation of you know it could or maybe they just do it for fun. Awesome. So uh, I'm curious, Sam, with this particular set with the the Sonic set, was it yeah. was that a digital creation, a physical? How, how did that come to you, and and how do you think it was crafted? Yeah, so so speaking with uh, with Viv, she uh, she of course has the uh, Lego Dimension Sonic set, uh, which she uh, very proudly uh, got on her desk. Um, but then we uh, had been looking at her submission, and you can see, you can often see from the images whether it's a render from a 3D software or if it's a photograph, um, just because that's what we're working with uh, you know, every day when we look at packaging, for example. So whether it's going to be a render or if it's going to be a, a photograph, which some boxes have. So we can quickly see that her submission was a render. Yeah. But I was wondering if she'd actually built any of it for real. Because uh, there's also some things we find, uh, like the blacksmith, um, Clemens had never actually seen the model in real life. So he was, the first time he saw it was on our end while we're holding it on webcast. Oh, wow. You know, speaking with him. Um, so I had to, I'd asked her, like, have you, have you tried to build any of it for real? And she's like, yeah. And she showed me uh, Dr. Eggman, uh, the model that she had on her desk uh, that she'd been trying out and stuff. And um, obviously not every brick is in available in every color. So maybe it requires, you know, painting a brick uh, if you dare uh, or uh, going on to LDD and uh, making your own colors of the bricks uh, in the software. Right. Right. So she, so she had, um, had built her submission uh, in the software and then drawn over it as using, it looked, it was perhaps a, uh, 
like a paint or something like that you know microsoft paint like, to draw the details on it was really fun to see that it was like hand-drawn details and everything but using three uh, digital software um so she was able to hand over a lot of her files of uh, you know i built eggman like this i built the the landscape and the ring like this uh, what do you think and that gives us a really uh, good starting point for a conversation about how i would build it and how she would build it and then what's the kind of happy middle ground uh, that realizes her design, but maybe through more stable building techniques and helping, we're basically helping each other solve the problem uh, of getting this set out to market, which is a really great collaboration. And we really like to work with the fans in this way. So, that we, you know, it's a backwards and forwards discussion because it's originally it came from them, the idea. So we want to respect that they have a hand in the, in the design team, you know, they're part of the design team. So they should, of course, have as much say as anyone else. That's very cool. Uh, thank you so much, Sam. Very interesting. And I'm so jealous that you were able to do that, Doctor. I'm actually right now going through and watching every single episode of Doctor Who from the beginning. <laughs> Brian's binge watching it, right? Yeah, I've been binge watching it for about six months, I think. I've already yeah. rewatched all the new ones. So I'm, I think I'm on the, I'm about to get to the third Doctor. No, uh, no the fourth Doctor. I'm about to get to okay. the fourth Doctor. Yeah, but uh, very cool that you're you had a hand in that. Uh, I I still look at the dimension set and I just love it. And obviously the set you built was amazing too. Designed, I mean. Yeah, I'm really happy with uh, how it turned out. Uh, I was actually reading an old article about that set the other day that that I had done an interview for. Totally forgotten about it, and I found this article online again, and I had all the the pictures of all the Daleks that I'd made um, to try and make one that was right for the set. Uh, so that was really cool. And I remember we built the, the TARDIS in normal standard Lego blue. Wow. And then when we showed it to the BBC, they were like, no way. That is not the color <laughs> of the TARDIS. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and I'm like, yeah, I know that. But if I do it in dark blue, then I have to change. I think it was 15 different Lego bricks to dark blue, which is uh. a real manufacturing nightmare to right. so many bricks in one go for one set uh, in a weird color like dark blue that not a lot of people use you know in every lego set and uh, so that was just like a, oh no i'm gonna <laughs> someone's gonna kill me when i do this but you know it was you know you're at the kind of uh, at the ip partner there like with the yeah with them and their requirements right so i'm really happy with how it turned out i think it's a really special set and maybe once in a lifetime, right? And it's retired now. Do those ever come out of retirement or are they, once they're retired, that's it? It's uh, very rare that you see a Lego set come out of retirement that isn't like the Taj Mahal or something like that. Yeah. So it could be that I was my once in a lifetime Doctor Who TARDIS set. So. Well, Doctor Who uh, came out of retirement, so maybe the set can too. <laughs> yeah. It could regenerate into a new Lego yeah. set, right? <laughs> that's awesome. Well, I'm excited to see where this project goes now that it's inside the LEGO group and in the hands of its creators. Yeah, me too. But I bet neither of us are as excited about this as Grinnell is. Oh, man. As a fan, you know, just submitting yeah. that, seeing the votes come in and being so close to being picked. Um, you spoke to her about the project recently via email. Uh, how did that go? 
Well, Viv Grinnell is amazing. Mm -hmm. uh, you have to understand that the, the process of getting a Lego idea accepted as an official release can be really arduous. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it's a process that includes a lot of these meetings behind the uh, sort of scenes meetings between the person who created the idea and the Lego group. And they end up getting a lot of small updates just to kind of keep them in the loop. Uh, so Viv told me that uh, she was expecting sort of another sort of incremental update back in 2020 when the ideas team invited her to a meeting. Uh, so she said she shows up thinking that this was going to be this, you know, tiny thing. And as she put it, she was bamboozled. Hmm. Uh, she said they actually told her the project was greenlit and she was beyond ecstatic. And to quote her, she said, I'd been effectively holding my breath since it became obvious 10,000 people were going to support it. So having a sense of certainty on the outcome really helped. That's awesome. That's cool. Did she say why she decided to do a set based on this particular video game character? Yeah, she said that Sonic is a series near and dear to her heart uh, and... And in her words, she said it's in a vibrant and earnest world that's not afraid to experiment, uh, perhaps to uh, dangerous degrees. Mm -hmm. But what is a life if not lived on the edge? <laughs> uh, coupled with the fact that Sega is not only tolerant but encouraging regarding all kinds of fan works, uh, she said she grew up experimenting with uh, the creative play of the Lego system. So she she was a really a longtime fan of Sonic and felt like these two sort of melded together. Well, so she, uh, she, when she started looking at what she wanted to do and decided on Sonic, uh, one of the first decisions she made was that she wanted to work uh, with what is now considered the classic Sonic, which is the green-eyed Sonic. Mm -hmm. But she also wanted to include something from the modern version of Sonic the Hedgehog in the Sonic the Hedgehog games. So she, that that was this idea of bringing in Dr. Eggman. Mm -hmm. um, and of course, the backdrop for the minifigure and the figure you would build is the classic Green Hill Zone. Uh, and that was chosen, she said, because she feels it is the quintessential starting point of Sonic's many adventures. Mm. Uh, so working on this uh, project, she actually started back in 2016, uh, and then it was launched on Ideas in February 2019. Wow, that's quite some time there. Yeah. Um, what's next for Viv? I mean, does she have plans for any other project ideas in particular? Maybe ones based on video games? Or is she going to continue that trend, kind of? Yeah, I asked her about that. And she said she was actually working on a, as she put it, a low-budget junk bot pitch based on mm -hmm. that classic uh, Lego.com game that so many people love. And, and I know you and I have talked about. Uh, but then she was surprised to find that Junkbot actually appeared in the official Haunted House set. Uh, and that kind of took the wind out of her sails for that set, at least. Hmm. So uh, there's some other ideas she said she's working on, but she's trying to keep those secret right now. Uh, of course, she's also a huge fan of a lot of the other Lego Ideas video game creations out there, including that amazing Metroid concept that's been making the rounds recently, as well as the uh, Legend of Zelda Castle uh, and Portal 2 and Earthbound Mother sets. And I know, Ethan, you and I have talked a lot about these. They're just amazing creations. We also chatted with John Chun. He's the director of marketing at Sega. And we talked to him about the company's decision to embrace this Lego Ideas build. So, John, uh, how did you first hear about the Lego Ideas Sonic build? How did, you, how did that sort of first come across your desk? Yeah, the first, first time was uh, really through our, our internal teams. 
and our community team, uh, which is really um, in tune with everything out there on social and the community. And we saw stuff pop up on social media um, about Bid's project. And so we heard about it. And of course, our licensing team thereafter um, as well, because they've been working on the program with the Lego group. We, uh, yeah, we just saw it. We loved it. Did you have any sort of specific uh, initial thoughts when you took a look at it? No, I thought it was amazing. You know, super cool to see, you know, the fan creation and the the idea of Sonic Mania into a Lego format, which was just really on point. And everybody who saw it, not only myself, thought that's cool. That needs to happen. Uh, I think personally, I love the fact that this is... Uh, this set, the the ideas set that was created was based on Sonic Mania, which obviously you're aware is its own sort of fantastic fan-driven game. And then you have this fan-driven Lego kit. Uh, so it's sort of sort of like a very meta, I think. Was that something, when you, you mentioned Sonic Mania, was that something that came to mind when you were looking at it? Yeah, it was just a really cool concept in general. You know, we, we saw it and thought super unique, very much on point with what Sonic represents uh, through Lego format, uh, very imaginative, attention to detail, everything. So it was, it was really cool. So I'm sure that there are a lot of times that fans and maybe even other companies want to do something with Sonic. What was it about this particular creation that you think won over Sega? I think Viv, you know, the lead designer, had so many special touches. And again, the attention to detail uh, for the set in her design to that kind of characters and Sonic and Dr. Eggman coming out there, um, really kind of bringing everything to life. So um, we thought when we first saw it, it was just such a tribute to Sonic. And it was just really so classically designed that we we thought it was a, a great collaboration and, and fit for what Sonic represents. So, John, what does this uh, process look like on your end, on, on Sega's end, you know, with LEGO Ideas? Are you just looking at a lot of different builds, or, or how does this work? I think the, the main thing is our licensing team is leading the charge on the design, working uh, closely with the LEGO team. And so we see concepts, uh, we see the, the product being developed, but really it's, it's really a collaborative process where our team, as well as the LEGO Group's team, is, they're working hand-in-hand on the design from the very beginning. Um, and of course, with Viv uh, to to really bring it to life. So, what about the Lego Group? Do you think um, makes for a good match with Sega when it comes to both of your brands? I think the Lego Group is is just such a recognizable, you know, iconic brand with a name that um, you know everybody you know out there really kind of knows. But also, the product is is so great with the commitment to uh, the quality of over the years and. Um, it's really about creativity and encouraging innovation. Um, and so I think Sega also strives to do similar things um, with our core values uh, for our products um, and what we, we're trying to bring from an entertainment standpoint. So I think because of those things, we, we make a good fit, in my opinion. And I think hopefully that will, uh, you know, again, lead to uh, you know, more things uh, in the future. Do you kind of getting back to the the design of of this particular kit, they, uh, I, I think, like what Viv has said is that she wanted to sort of blend, sort of the modern era with some of the retro memorable moments of Sonic. Uh, do you think that Green Hill Zone is sort of the classic, in your mind, the classic Sonic, or was is are there other zones that you can think of that would have been a better match or as good a match? Yeah, I think Green Hill Zone is is definitely one of the most recognizable and classic, you know, things that Sonic has to offer. 
uh, just from the world standpoint. So the fact that it naturally, you know, happened that way organically, I think works works great because Viv is, um, you know, she's a super fan, and I think she, you know, did what she wanted to do in her design, which just pays tribute to, you know, classic Sonic and the past Sonic designs from the game, uh, which which is, uh, yeah, I think it was just a natural fit. Do you uh, do you have any sort of favorite elements of Sonic that you'd like to see uh, either appear in this set or some future Lego creation? Yeah, I think just the characters, um, all the different characters, you know, from over the years, whether it's classic and modern. Uh, but Viv and, and what what the set right now has to offer is pretty cool because it does have, you know, we talked about Green Hill, it's got Eggman um, and a few different characters. But I think the the universe is so rich with a lot of various characters that I think offering that in the future would be would be cool. Excellent. Uh, is there anything else you'd like to to add about this team up? No, we're just we're just super honored to be able to participate with uh, you know with Lego Group on this collaboration in in celebration of the 30th anniversary for Sonic, and uh, we're really excited to see it come out. You know how fans respond and, and what what uh, what the response is going to be in general. But we're we're just thankful for the opportunity that it's uh, it's here and it's ahead of us. So thank you to uh, everybody who made it happen. We're, and we're, we're actually, I should note, we're recording this before the announcement hits. Do you have any sort of expectation for how fans, like, do you think people are going to be completely surprised by this? I think because there's been some history with, uh, you know, Sonic and, and Lego in the past, it's not going to be a complete surprise, but I think it's going to actually, yeah, it's going to make people go a bit crazy. Um, <laughs> um, this brand's coming together. It's going to be, a, I think, a great surprise. Uh, what are you going to do when you get to have this set and put it on your desk? Are, are you excited to have this Lego iteration of Sonic the Hedgehog? Yeah, for sure. You know, let me give it a special spot. Um, not sure exactly how big it is. I've seen the pictures and some of the, the, the specs, but um, definitely got to make space for it because it's, uh, yeah. you know, it's, it's going to be awesome. <laughs> Uh, well, thank you so much, John, for joining us. I really appreciate it. And I, too, am very much looking forward to having a little Sonic sitting on my desk. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Thanks, John. One of the cool things about the Lego Ideas concept, Brian, is, is how it all goes back, I think, to the simple notion of building and sharing um, you know, like these gems of ideas, uh, these little bubbles that kind of surface uh, to the top and, and, and take shape. And, and the entire community votes on that idea and it gains real traction and attention. And then the Lego group is willing to invest the time, the energy, the resources uh, to allocate, you know, creative, accomplished designers on that project and help kind of fine-tune and release those sets to the public. It's a really cool process, and I'm really glad to see the LEGO group embracing this possibility for fans to create and publish these sets. Yeah, and, and don't forget, those creators also get a bit of money made off of these releases. Uh, I think it's such a wonderful symbiotic relationship that ends up helping everyone involved and delivering some of the most surprising sets of each year. Um, I, I think back to some of these other amazing idea creations. Uh, ideas gave us things like the set based on the Friends TV show and a working grand piano and even Sesame Street. Uh, and of course, there's also Minecraft, which actually started on Lego Ideas' predecessor, uh, Kuso, way back in yeah. 2011. We're definitely looking forward to, you know, that next great Lego Ideas video game set that hits its goal and gets the official green light uh, just to appear on the shelves. And hopefully uh, we'll 
be talking about that in the future in our podcast as well. Bits and Bricks is made possible by Lego Games. Our producer is Ronnie Scher. Your hosts are Brian Crescente and Ethan Vincent. Episode producing and editing by Ethan Vincent. Writing by Brian Crescente. Mixing and sound design by Dan Carlisle. Original music by Peter Primer and Enrik Lidstrand from the award-winning game Lego Builder's Journey, which you can play on Apple Arcade today. We'd like to thank our participants, Samuel Johnson and John Chun. We'd also like to acknowledge the entire LEGO Games team, as well as the LEGO Ideas team, for their great support. For questions or comments, write us at bitsandbricks at lego.com. And as always, stay tuned for more episodes of Bits and Bricks. Bits and Bricks.